Hello everyone, welcome to Sunday. My name is Gemma and I'm one of the Berean interns here at Soul Revival. Uh, Berea is one of the programs that we run for our young leaders in the church. Um, I'm joined here with Fee. Uh, it's good to see you. What service uh, do you attend, Fee? Yeah, I'm part of a Sunday afternoon Cronulla service and I also go along on Saturday nights. Yeah. Awesome, it's great to have you here. And yeah. Stu, uh, did you have some announcements that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, just a few updates for everybody the, the, uh, today on Sunday. Uh, as you will be aware, the church has had a planning day and we're at the planning day, that was great. We got lots of feedback uh, from the people who attended. We've also got some great feedback from the survey that we put out. Uh, if you have any more feedback on our ministry from this year or things that you would like to see happen in our planning for 2022, please don't hesitate to get in touch with me or your pastor. My phone number is on our website, sorrevivalchurch.com, and um, that would be really appreciated. Also, just a quick update about when we're planning on returning to uh, our public gatherings. Um, as we've already stated in the newsletter a couple of times, we've said that uh, we're not going back at 70%, so we won't be going back when the state reaches that 70% target and the government relaxes some of the restrictions around our public gatherings. There are two other dates that we can choose between as a church in which we could uh, make that the time that we go back to public gatherings. Uh, one is the uh, 80%, so that when the state reaches 80%, there'll be a further lessening of restrictions. And we have a third date, which is the December the 1st, where there'll be even more uh, restrictions um, relaxed. Uh, in this weekend's newsletter, we've got uh, a write-up on this so that you can go back and refer to that if you like. But what I wanted to announce tonight is that our leadership are still in meetings discussing whether we'll go back at 80% or on the 1st of December, and we'll make an announcement during the next week on whether we'll go back at 80% or on the 1st of December. So we'll keep you in the loop about that. That's probably the most important announcement that we need to know. Perfect. Thank you, Stu. Um, we're going to kick off today with a song. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back very shortly.
Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, my name's Tim. I'm here with Fee again. Good to see you, Fee. Good to be at the table with you. Hi, Tim. Uh, and with our new friend, Messi. Hello, Messi. Hi, Tim. <laughs> it's really good to see you. Now, if, uh, we've, uh, like you came for the first time last night at Saturday night service, um, but some of our Sunday morning people, uh, Sunday afternoon people, uh, wouldn't have met you yet. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, okay. Um my brother's uh, Lionel. Oh, we, yeah, we know Lionel. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Where'd you meet him? Uh, right here at this table. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so uh, cool. <laughs> actually, Lionel's uh, having a bit of a break uh, at the moment. He's gone on holidays. Um, but uh, being his younger brother, uh, you yeah have, have stayed around for us. And Lionel recommended that you come on. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, spoke to him last night. Yeah. Yeah. He gave me some advice. Uh, I'm feeling better after yesterday, but he gave me some advice on what to do. Oh, that's good because uh, I actually watched last night uh, when you were here with Gemma and Katie and you, you seem quite nervous, um, a bit unsure of yourself, but you're feeling more confident today. Much more, much better today. Uh, I spoke to Lionel. He said um, that I need to yell more. <laughs> to uh, yell more. Is this your yelling voice? Yeah, this is, this is quite loud. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Uh, he said, uh, make more eye contact. That's good. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate the eye contact. <laughs> Is now, it working? It, it's a little creepy now, but yeah, it was good. I like oh, the good. eye contact. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. And he said to clean up. Oh, to clean up. Well, that's good. I'll expect to. Uh, I don't like that, though. Uh, well, sometimes we do things we don't like. True. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's great that he's giving you that advice. It is really good to get advice from people who have lived a particular experience uh, before you. So the fact that Lionel's been on this table uh, many, many times, that he's been able to pass that on to you. Fee, I was wondering, um, have you got things that you've you know, learnt from those who are older than you, you know, life skills that have been passed down that you find valuable? 
Um, yeah, definitely. Gosh, so many things. Um, uh, uh, just, um, oh, I don't know. I've got a mental blank. Um, <laughs> the the idea of um, of just how to how to get your life together. I suppose mm. like you watch older people in your life, and I'm just blessed to have had different people in different areas of life. Um, so as I've gotten older, um, I've been able to see people like that have um, you know made certain life decisions and gone, okay, oh, hey, yeah, like how do you, how do you make life decisions, um, like basic things like cleaning your house and cooking and stuff like that. Like you don't, you don't get born knowing how to do that stuff, but you watch yeah. your elders do those sorts of things. You watch them have conversations. You watch how they look after people. And yeah, so yeah, learning those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, Messi, uh, Fee, it's not just actually just in life skills, knowing how to be on a podcast, how to clean your house, but uh, <laughs> the Bible gives tells us that uh, we can learn from older people as well as because of the way that they live as Christians. Um, we're going to hear from 1 John in just a second, and I want you to be listening out for this verse where he talks to some of the older people in the congregation that he's writing to. Uh, and he says, uh, Fathers, parents, I'm writing to you, because you have known the one who was there from the beginning. What uh, John's saying here is that there are older people in our congregation, people who have been knowing, walking with Jesus for a longer time, uh, and that it's really awesome because when we share life with them, they get to tell us what it's like to be a Christian. Just like Lionel was able to tell you, Messi, what it was like to be on a podcast. Fee's learned how to clean and cook and live life and do all that adulting <laughs> together. Yeah, adulting, that's yeah. what I was looking for. <laughs> um, Fee, is there a particular um, aspect of the Christian life that you can think of that you've particularly learnt from an older Christian? Hmm. Um, yeah, well, um, having grown up in a household, my mum's a Christian now, but I didn't grow up in a household of people who um, followed Jesus or went to church, so all my learning about what it was was mm. from like older Christians that I knew I mean there were young people as well but it was like youth leaders that I looked up to older people one particular one that stands out was um, uh, an elder or warden at, a, um, at the church I grew up in who was very passionate about the way she prayed for people um, and I just uh, yeah really appreciated her sort of showing me that because that was a life skill that, you know, I went to youth group, I went to Sunday school and we prayed there, but she helped me understand like how to pray in all of life. Yeah, mm. so that was really awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, guys, there's, there's lots of things that we can learn from those who are older. So I'd love you to be thinking at home, who is older than you uh, and what can you be learning from them? But also uh, it'd be great to be thinking who's younger than you? that you can be teaching. Maybe you've got uh, younger people in your family. Maybe you've got younger people in your uh, class at school or in your street that you can hang out with. Uh, have you got younger brothers and sisters, Messi? Uh, yes. That's very Hundreds. cool. Hundreds. <laughs> <Of> thousands. <laughs> thousands. Wow, there's a lot of your, your family. You're younger than me, Tim. I'm younger than you, am I? Yep. Oh, what, what's uh, something that you might be able to teach me? Um, I don't know. Have you ever been skydiving? I actually, I, I haven't. Have you ever been skydiving? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe we could learn together. I'd love that. Yeah, I'd love that too. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll find a time to uh, to go skydiving together. That'd be really fun. Thanks, Messi. We are going to hear from the Bible now. So uh, if you have your own Bible on your phone in paperback, uh, if you want to open it up, we're going to be reading from 1 John chapter 2. So today's reading is from 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 17. So that's 1 John 
chapter 2, verses 3 to 17. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are here in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is a message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who, who does the will of God lives forever. Thanks for that Bible reading. Uh, we're now joined with Tim, who is going to be uh, kicking us off with our second week of this new sermon series in 1 John. Uh, so I'll let you take it away, Tim. Thanks. Thanks, Gemma. Thanks for having me tonight. Uh, just, I just thought we might pray just before we start. So, Father, we just pray for tonight and we pray that the words that are spoken will touch people at home and give them an understanding of your purposes in their life. And we pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to be looking at 1 John 2 through to 27. Um, and it's about a spiritual... And just to, just to kick it off, there's a lot of stuff going on in this um, chapter. And let me just remind everybody it's a, that there's, we're part of a spiritual battle that's going on. There's a spiritual battle that's going on. So I don't know about you, but it's also nice to get out of home in ISO because I've been here for some time um, and to talk about some stuff that really matters. So these verses tonight, they're talking about important issues. Tonight we're going to delve into our Christian identity and what makes a Christian in one sense. So, And as a father in the faith, John loves his fellow believers. He loves them deep, deeply and he uses the term dear children repeatedly in this section and it, you need to reflect on that because that reflects on his concern and his love for not only the people around him but ultimately for us so i want to um i want to say a few things 
about I know that you've all sort of been a bit struggling with lockdown I mean I have I know my family have gone through the up and ups and downs of it um, and you know what it's okay <laughs> it's natural um, to feel a little bit frustrated and exhausted and not to be on your best but um, whilst John didn't go through a pandemic uh, he did suffer and so he understands and, and what he writes about, he knows because he knows what it's like to suffer. So I understand that that might be something for you, but don't forget John's writing from a position where he understands that. So even, even though we might shy, shy away from a few things in this, in this uh, chapter, because some of them are um, a little confronting, we, we need to go through them because they're very relevant to us today. They talk to us about ourselves and they express our relationship with God or how our relationship with God should be expressed, how we should see it. Um, John is writing about big ideas, what a Christian community should look like, and in one sense what it shouldn't look like. And there's warnings about loving the world, and he's talking about the Antichrist. Um, so a little heavy, but that's okay. Don't worry, we'll get through it. It might seem a little, deep, a little deep, but no problems, we'll get through it. And I hope when you finish, you'll have a new perspective and a better understanding about what John's talking about and how we can apply it in our lives. So you're wondering why I've probably got, got the South's hat here. Um, well, today's the grand final, and uh, unfortunately, I am a Cronulla supporter most of the year. But when Cronulla's not around and they've got two teams to pick from, I choose South's. It's my dad's team. In fact... This was his, it's 2013, this is when he, um, when he was around and this was his last hat from when he, he um, was with us. The Souths didn't win that year. So I've got a bit of a soft spot for, for, for Souths and they've been around for a long time. So when I went Penrith of Souths, I thought, you know, I'm going to go, I'm go for Souths. Um, however, I'm pretty sure that there are other people in this church who might have a different feeling on the matter. I'm thinking about Chris Stevens from Saturday night, uh, and he's probably already painting his house in the Panthers' colours, getting excited. He's got the kids wearing jerseys. He's got, he's got uh, beanies on, and he, I, I think he's getting very, very excited about what might be happening later on tonight. But what I didn't want him to think is that... Um, there aren't people in this church, you think, for the other team, because I'm sure there are. Whoever those South supporters are, we can chat some other time um, and we can talk about that. But it's also a good, it's a good me metaphor um, when we think about this. Um, there's two teams f facing off tonight. You've got Penrith and you've got South, and somewhere in South Sydney somewhere, they're singing glory, glory to South Sydney and getting very, very excited. And they're passionate and they're committed and they're wearing jumpers uh, and their colours with pride. In fact, I can guarantee you tonight, you won't be confused about which fans they are. They'll, tonight, they'll reflect on the outside what they believe on the inside. And in a few hours, this hard work will, will come to fruition and we'll find out who wins the premiership. So in church, unfortunately in church, unlike football, the people around us don't wear jerseys. They don't always tell us, they don't always tell you how they feel. And to be clear, I'm not talking about disagreements in general. It's normal for, to have a disagreement. We can all have that at times, provided we do it in love. But I'm talking about um, something else. I'm talking about false teachers and those that want to corrupt, corrupt the, the gospel. And they're not on God's team. They're on the opposition team. And if you 
if you find yourself confronted by false teaching, either by the leadership or anybody in the church, the right thing is to go and speak to Stu about it because Stu has been charged by the bishop to deal with that. So he's made vows about that. So we'll leave Stu deal with that difficultness. But to assist, Jesus gave us a bit of a, a parable to talk about the two teams. Uh, and it was, comes from Matthew 13, 24 to 43. And it's called the parable of the, we- of the weeds or in the olden version, the wheat and the tares. And it goes like this. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may also uproot them with the wheat. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So tonight we're going to learn how you can work out this for yourself if you're on God's team. We're going to learn... A number of things, but there's three that I want you to jump on board. What does God's team look like? What's the opposition look like? And how can we stay on God's team and win that prize at the end? So the first thing I want to say is God's team is founded in love. And from um, 1 John, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. That's no small feat. Um, I don't know if you've ever thought about that seriously. Uh, in the verse, but that standard is incredibly high. How can mere, mere mortals ever hope to get anywhere near this being like Jesus? But even though living as a Jesus isn't an incredibly high, high standard, and it's almost impossible, God still wants us to strive towards that through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thankfully, John gives us some clear ideas on how to start and to to use a bit of a measuring stick to compare ourselves when we think about these things. And this is from verse 5 from 1 John. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. So firstly, God's team. God's people, they obey his word. And God's people love their brothers and sisters, and they live in the light. This is a bit countercultural, uh, and it would have been quite a refreshing hear, uh, thing to hear back then, um, that friendship with God was open to everyone. There wasn't any comments about, being a Jew or a Gentile or a man or a woman, rich or poor or slave or free. It was actually quite countercultural. Now, because the concept of forgiveness and love is not so well known these days, the concept of forgiveness and love, particularly in, the, in, in public discussion, is a little foreign. Uh, this is why we must be countercultural. We must love our brothers and sisters because that's what Jesus expects from us. We must also ask ourselves, when we disagree, are we meeting this, this standard? So let's just read that again. Anyone who comes 
uh, sorry, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is in, still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. If, you, if you're in a disagreement, and let's face it, we're human, so it's going to happen. Um, let's just reflect on those verses because if you truly are a child of God, you're going to seek peace. Because those that, those that love live in the light. That's what we've got to remember. So lesson two is about not loving the, loving the world, which is from verse 15. And I'll just recap that. So do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the, the will of God lives forever. So this sounds a little bit old-fashioned these days, but... Here, John, he does not paint the world as a positive thing. There is a, a prayer from the Anglican prayer book uh, that says this, Almighty God, give your p- people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh and the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only true God through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. So that might sound a little strange to you. You may not be familiar with that type of expression. But no one really talks like that these days but Regardless, the, the concepts are ancient. They go back to the Old Testament. And this prayer reflects a number of the things brought up in this passage in 1 John. Why does John mention the world? Because bad things come from loving the world. The world is seductive. It promises pleasure, power and pride. And what I call them the, the three horsemen of destruction. Pleasure is temporary, fleeting and takes your mind away from what is good. The lust of the flesh leads you away from the light and into the darkness. And pride destroys because the the proud stand against God. So from Proverbs 16, 15, it says, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. And from Psalm 10, 4, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. In lesson 3, don't deny the sun. The sad thing is that there are people amongst us that will try to, to lead people astray. Collectively, John refers to them as the Antichrist. Um, and in ver- from verse 18, this is what he says. Dear children, this is the last hour, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us, for they had belonged to. Uh, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, all of you who know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who dies denies the, the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son also has the Father. So John tells us that the Antichrist is a liar, that 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 they deny that Jesus Christ is the Christ, and they deny the Father and the Son. 
And Jesus warns about this in Matthew 15, sorry, 7, verse 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And from 2 Peter 2 to 1, also talk about them. But there were also false prophets amongst the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, denying even the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on them. And what does John say? As for you, see that you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And, and this is what he has promised us, eternal life. I'm writing you these things about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as this anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it, it has taught you, remain in him. So John is warning us that there's going to be spiritual warfare going on in churches. That's going to happen. And we're not going to point at people. We're not going to think about that. We're just going to know that that's going to happen. Uh, and in knowing that, um, we just need to be we need to be aware of it. So there there may be things that happen that are very attractive and convincing, but thankfully John gives us a way to identify when these things occur. Uh, they will ultimately promote things that God warns us against. They will ultimately deny that Jesus is the Christ, denying the Father, and secretly introducing destructive heresies. Remember, if you hear things that sound like false teaching, go speak to stew about it because that's his responsibility don't deal with it yourself but in this time of lockdown high anxiety you know and opinions um we must expect that these things may may occur but the answer is not to fear don't worry about it don't fear about it they might occur, they might occur but instead of worrying guard your hearts with scripture knowing that despite everything God still sits on his throne. Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4 said this from 4.37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. And in Matthew 24.4-5, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, and, will, and many will be deceived. Jesus expects the things John is writing about to happen, as you can see from the verses above. But don't be afraid of these things. Remember, the King of Heaven still sits on his throne, and he's, he's very capable, and he's able to protect his people and deal through these very difficult circumstances. Our job is to be God's people, people of the light. We need to wear our team jersey um, by the way we look and the way that we behave and how we believe. So when the ultimate grand final comes around at the end of time, we know which team we're on and everyone that's on our side. So what does our team, the people of light, look like? Well, the people of light, we obey God's word. We love our brothers and sisters. We don't love the world and we are anointed by the Holy One because we know that our salvation is secure in Jesus. Knowing all these things can help us reorientate and reflect on how we're going. 
can motivate us to love others well, knowing that we want to live a life in the light. Anyway, despite everything that's happening, the difficulties and all the challenges, I just want to leave you with this thought. Despite all that, God still sits on his throne and Jesus still changes everything. So I'll just finish up there. So thank you, Father, for um, bringing these words to us and I just pray that you would bless those who heard them tonight uh, and I pray that you would work out in our lives how best to be on your team. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for that, Tim. Uh, We are now going to continue our time praying, uh, so I'm going to hand over to that now. How wonderful to be able to gather together today. Will you join with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we gather here today to worship you. You are our creator. The heavens praise your wonders. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. As we start our new sermon series in 1 John, we ask for wisdom and knowledge and understanding that you promise in your word. Give us the means to apply this in our lives, to impact on others and to grow your kingdom here on earth. We ask that you bless the word Paul gives us today in his sermon. We thank you, Lord, for the growth in our digital platform. Please bless the work of Joel and the team that are giving us new and different ways to communicate, not just within our church, but to reach out to a new audience who may be seeking the truth of Jesus. We thank you for the protection you have given us during COVID, and we ask that you give protection and endurance for our frontline workers and those in essential services. We ask that you give wisdom to politicians and leaders as they ease restrictions and guide us back into a new normal. Help us to be caring for all of our society and for our church members who may be struggling with the effects of COVID or sickness or other troubles they may have, Lord. We pray for our ministers as they've had to change and adapt their ministry within the restrictions of COVID. Give them energy and passion to keep going and evolving. We thank you for their strong conviction and love of you so that we can be cared for and led so faithfully. We pray for the kids transitioning into Fuse, Salt, Rev and Kids Church. Please bring new people and families to our church. Please give the youth leaders and Tim and his team the necessary energy and commitment needed to steer our young into a deeper awareness of you and to bring them into your holy family. Help us, Lord, to look to ways we can serve you here as part of Soul Revival Church, even in lockdown. Give us opportunities to shine for you, to show our faith and belief in you and your mercy. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his love of us, to die for our sins and to rise again. And the hope this gives us for our life here on earth and our eternal life to come. We ask for all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you and give you thanks that you love to hear the prayers of your people and you love to answer those prayers in accordance with your will. Father, we are living in strange times where COVID consumes 
our thoughts and emotions. We pray for the doctors and nurses working on the front line, that you guide them and protect them in the work that they do. Father, I also pray for the babies that are born during this COVID times. I pray that they are safe in home and they are welcome into the church family and that they know how much their brothers and sisters in Christ love them. And most importantly, they come to know and love you. Father, I also pray for the church leaders, Stu and Lou, Joanne and Christine and Paul and Lyndall. Please give them wisdom and patience. I also pray for the kids' church and youth leaders. Give them patience when online with children. I also pray for the HSE students. Please help them clear their minds as they are ready for their big tests. Thank you for the good leaders that help make the future leaders. Help them do help all of our future leaders um, go well in school. I also pray for the government. Help them make the right decisions. Give them patience and less anxiety from all of the complaints about quarantine rules. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're back. Uh, thanks, Tim, for a great sermon. And um, I hope you guys have taken something away from that. Um, as well as our digital gatherings and our, our podcast, we have two other podcasts that we do here at Soul Revival. We have Chip Lunch, which uh, comes out every Thursday. And we also have our Shock Absorber podcast, which, um, Stu, you're a big part of, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the Shock Absorber podcast has come as uh, some people at a planning day, actually, uh, a few years ago, said that it would be a really good idea if we could have uh, some access to more ideas from Soul Revival, like what is what is behind the way we meet as a church. And so we started the podcast and put on Joel as a digital pastor to help us to do that. And we're now up to our third season of the Soul Revival uh, Shock Absorber podcast, and it's for our church to help us to... to and, the, and the big idea, the big theme of the podcast is how to... Um, uh, adults and youth work together and just to illustrate that I've got actually a shock absorber along with me <laughs> and the idea of the shock absorber model is that this is a looks like a truck one I think it's massive but this shock absorber is to help a car that goes over bumps to absorb the bumps in the road and the the shock absorber relies on two things it needs to be flexible and it needs to be strong if it's only flexible, it'll break. If it's only strong, it won't be flexible and it won't actually achieve its goal. And so we thought this would be a great metaphor for our churches, that in our churches, our churches are kind of travelling through time and every now and again we come up to cultural bumps in the road where we need to uh, assess what's going on and change. And in our shock absorber approach, we talk about the fact that young people are particularly flexible. Uh, not to say that not everyone can be flexible, but young people tend to be pretty flexible. And adults tend to be fairly uh, wise and have um, good life experience and often know more about the Bible than younger people. So we've got this model to say that uh, young people and adults need each other in the church and we need to work together. And so young people give us our flexibility and our adults give us our strength so that we can be strong and flexible at the same time. So that's the idea of the Shock Absorber. And what we do on the Shock Absorber podcast is we unpack that week to week, looking at it from different angles, how to adults and, and young people work together in churches because often in churches we separate ourselves out into different age groups and so our training on the shock absorber uh, stuff comes from our ministry called Berea and Fiona you were part of Berea from an early stage which is our training um, ministry at Soul Revival Church. Yeah I think I remember gosh it's about 25 years or more ago yep. and um, yeah I 
I still get excited about that name because it was such a, a wonderful um, opportunity for us to think about, you know, how do we want to define what we're doing? And I, I know other people have used the word Berea before and it's not exclusive to us, but just to be excited about ACTS um, mm. when the Bereans are introduced in, in Act 17 and they say, um, and, and, it, and it says that they just love the word and they didn't just want to believe what other people said, they wanted to go back, they wanted to test it by the word. And I think it's so beautiful that for so many years we've had that as the basis of what we're doing, um, particularly in, in training in the, in the church. And yeah. we've had so many opportunities for people to come through that training and go out. I think there's something like 20 people over the years that have gone to other churches because of what we've, um, um, what we've been able to do in that training at Sarah Bible. So it's just yeah. such a joyful thing yeah. um, that we've been able to, um, you know, to have that beautiful ministry that's been um, long lived, but also I think like the shock absorber, it's been able to move and change and be flexible. And as young people have come in and given us new ideas, we've, um, yeah, we've been able to, to see that grow. So yeah. very, very cool. Yeah, that's good. So we uh, release a podcast for the Shock Absorber every week as part of our training so that more people can access it. Uh, we have our Certificate of Theology for Berea. We also have our internship. But now we've also got this great podcast that people can listen to anytime they like. And uh, first season was all about the beginning experiments we had as a youth ministry. The second season is about our church plant at Soul Revival Church. And our third season is about different ways that adults have conceived to pass on the gospel to young people and how they work together in those different approaches and along with that uh, what we've excited about is uh, the podcast that launches tomorrow on Monday features uh, Dave Lovell from Christian Surfers who's come on the podcast to talk about how Christian Surfers uh, organises themselves so young and young people and adults can work together in the surfing community. So if you're interested in Christian surfers, check that out. You can go on um, iTunes podcast or Spotify to check it out. And just to give you a little bit of a, a taste of that, um, Dave talks about a terrific story of when he and his wife Wendy went to England in the 80s, the sur young surfers, and they went to see the Ramones play in Brighton in England. And it was at the height of the punk movement in England. And he tells the story on the podcast about how he and Wendy went to this concert surrounded by Sex Pistols fans and they all had their mohawks and their safety pins and their leather jackets and had a big mosh. He said it was fantastic. So even just to hear that story, you might want to have a listen to the Shock Absorber podcast. It comes out tomorrow. We'd also love to hear feedback. Uh, questions, your thoughts, and if you're interested on being on the podcast, we'd love to invite you to do that too. So yeah, that's the latest. Uh, that's not all though, because one more thing, we've also got a Shock Absorber conference coming up at the end of the month and the details will be on the screen. You can uh, enrol in that and that is going to be a, a forum, a round table, even though we're going to do it digitally, it'll give everyone an opportunity to talk about what are, the, what are the barriers to young people and adults working together and what are some of the benefits of that and how can we do that better in 2022. Uh, we're also going to be open to other churches too, but it's for our church so that we can work together as uh, generations in our church. Thanks, Stu. Um, well, that kind of brings us to the end of our, our service today. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, make sure you keep checking in with each other using the uh, traffic light system, the red, green and orange, uh, amber. Um, so that's a really great way to check in and see how people are going um, through this really uh, challenging lockdown uh, time. Uh, but I think that's all for now and we'll wrap up with a, a one way. One way. <laughs>